This is the Soul Power Podcast with your hosts, Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burt. Welcome to the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Thanks for joining us. Today on the Soul Power Podcast, we're talking about money, 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 big time. <laughs> so today's topic stems from a conversation that I had with a client a couple of weeks ago. She had applied for a grant specifically for uh, women small business owners. And I had not heard of the organization that she uh, applied through. So I did a little investigating myself and found, wow, there's some really cool resources out there. And I applied for the same grant. So if, you know, one of us doesn't get it, maybe the other will get it. But I realized that we really haven't talked a lot about money on the Soul Power podcast. And, you know, money's kind of a, a tricky thing to talk about anyway. But I wanted to make sure that our listeners have the resources that, that they need in order to make the best choices for funding for their businesses. So did a bit of research last week and a little bit over the weekend and this morning. And I think I've, I've found some pretty good information here. So the first thing that I found under uh, private small business grants is a great article on Nerd Wallet. And fret not, you don't have to write down all the URLs. We will put the uh, links in the show notes so you don't have to go and find them there's a great article from nerd wallet and it is small business grants for women and there are 37 listed here so it's a pretty good selection of options for uh, small business owners for women there are grants for women of color there are grants for women in the food and beverage industry there are grants for women business owners who are mothers. There are grants for veteran-owned businesses. So that's just a sample of the things that you can find in this article. I was pretty pleased that there was such a, um, a diverse array of options for grants. So We'll make sure that we include the link. It's uh, Nerd Wallet Small Business Grants for Women. And there are so many in there that lead you to other links, that lead you to other links. You can really go down the rabbit hole if you want <laughs> for funding and grants, which is not, it's not a bad rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> no, I would get, I would say not. You know, if you're going to go down a rabbit hole, money should probably be at the bottom of it, I would think. Yes. It should, that, that should be a little bit mm -hmm. beneficial. Yes. So it, it's okay to be after money. Um, it is. Do good things and money. Yes. Because <laughs> that way money. you can do more good things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Nerd Wallet, great article 
also I fund women. That's I F U N D W O M E N.com. I fund women. They have grants as well that women can apply for. And the particular grant that my client had applied for that I also applied for is called an Amber grant. And it's through an organization called Women's Net. And Women's Net was created in the late 90s to help women achieve their business dreams. They not only offer grants, they offer free tips on how to get a grant, really giving a lot of resources in addition to the opportunity to get this Amber grant. And they give away at least 30 grand every month in Amber grant money. So the grant that I applied for was for $10,000. Pretty good chunk of change. They give that away every single month. So definitely check into Amber Grants for Women because not only do they give it away uh, during the month, they also give it away at the end of the year and they divide it up into, you know, women who are just starting their business, women who um, have been at their business for a little while. So they're really good at dividing up the different options that you can apply for and the different criteria that's that's used. So I didn't even know about these options until just a week, a week and a half ago. There are so many of them out there and they're they're well worth your time. Have you ever heard of the Amber Grants? I have sure, not. Never? I have not. Don't worry, I made notes. I know, I figured <laughs> you did. I figured you're making copious notes from this. I usually take a lot of notes during our recordings, but I, I made sure I had a fresh pen today. Yeah, yeah. When we're talking <laughs> about money, yep. let's make sure we got a fresh pen. So those are the private small grants, business grants. Next is state and federal government loans. So, and there are grants you can get as well, uh, grants and loans from the state and federal government. The best place to start I have found is sba.gov. SBA stands for Small Business Administration. There is a plethora of information on sba.gov, not only about funding programs, but all sorts of resources to help you run your business. So finding the money, um, how to apply for grants, other funding options, resources for you know helping you run your business. I often recommend clients to sba.gov because there's there are just so many great resources there and it's a great place to start. Another website is grants.gov. I think it's pretty much a list of federal and state grants that you can get, not necessarily through the Small Business Administration, just through the government in general. And then there's the Minority Business Development Agency, otherwise known as the MBDA.gov, which specializes in helping minority business owners. So I wanted to make sure that I had a good selection of options for different business owners this morning as we recorded this. You'll find as you go into these links that there are options for all sorts of women business owners, just like the Nerd Wallet article that I mentioned earlier. So 
there's the Small Business Administration, there's grants.gov, there's mbda.gov, and then there's your local chamber. So for Indianapolis, it's ndchamber.com. And you look under Entrepreneur Services and Indie Chamber Programs. And there is an organization called the Central Indiana Women in Business. And I have actually been part of this organization before, not for probably about 10 years, but it is well worth your time to check it out. They have workshops and webinars and um, money, all sorts of information that would be not only relevant, but really useful for women business owners. So if you don't live in Indianapolis, check out your local chamber of commerce and see what they offer under entrepreneur services and see if they have uh, a women in business uh, group as part of the chamber. There are links within, I think, grants.gov that will also point you to where you can find women in business groups across the country. So just in case you don't live in Indiana, nowhere near Indianapolis, you can look it up and find where your closest uh, women in business office is. I'm just going, you well, are. I just think it's, it's, it's good to know that obviously I appreciate that you are saying, options for how you could find this for your own if you don't live in Indiana or Indianapolis, because whereas I live in Indiana, I don't live in Indianapolis. Right. Um, and at some point I won't live in Indiana. Right. <laughs> so right. when looking things up, you want to make sure that you meet all the criteria. And if it's, you know, we're going to give you this and we expect you to do business in this state for the next, you know, five years or whatever, make sure that whatever you're applying for, you can actually do. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't apply for something that, you know, for sure is you're not going to be eligible for. Right. Right. Uh, a word to the wise. I would a think. A word to the wise. She says mostly to herself. Let's just be honest. <laughs> That's mostly what I'm saying that to myself. Um, sometimes I feel like I should just mention that. It's, you know, it's never a bad idea. It's never a bad idea. And, you know, the great thing about what's out there between the private small business grants and the the government grants and loans is that it looks like they have covered just about everything. So it's not just applying for a grant. It's tips and tricks about how to apply for grants. Some of these websites have templates for you to try when applying for a grant. Typically when you're applying for a grant, um, you have to write a lot of information. You have to write a lot of information about your business, your forecasting, what you've made in the last year. So there are a lot of details that have to go into a grant application. So when you're going through all of these options, keep that in mind that you know before you apply for these grants, you're going to have to have all of your stuff together, all of your business information together to make sure that you have all of the correct information um, as you're applying for the grant. So if you haven't, you know, done a, a look at 
your forecasting or your revenue or your plans for the year, now is a really good time to do it. Mm-hmm. Not only is it the beginning of the year, but if you're thinking about applying for a loan or a grant, you really have to be very specific in your application and you have to know all of that information. Have you ever worked anywhere that got grants, Cheryl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me oh, yeah. Too. As a matter of fact, most of the places I worked were <laughs> grant driven. My my full on job, my salary, everybody's salary was on a Pew grant for years. Yeah. And I came into that. I didn't, I didn't work on that particular grant proposal, but uh, yeah, there were, I've done every, every, just about every place I've ever worked has been, if not fully grant driven, like that was, Uh, yeah, like, oh wait, we could get a grant for this. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've known people who've made a quite a nice bit of change as grant consultants. Yeah. You know, they're great at writing them up. So they go and do that. In fact, right now I help a lot of people with the front end of a certain grant that's offered by Lily. Really? Um, Yeah. So I don't, I don't do the whole thing, but I, I know this one really, really well. And it's usually very travel based. So I work on, I work on that part to give them real data, real information that they can use. I have worked around grants as well. I've worked in many nonprofits and there was always a grant writer. There were always grants coming in for whatever organization I worked for. And in one case, my position was funded by a grant. So, uh, which was great because I was able to work at that organization and we were able to get very detailed information to report back to the grant. And this is, you know, this is why, the position should continue to be funded. But, and the thing that you need to know is that if you've never done anything with grants before, there's usually some sort of back end or midpoint reporting. Um, you don't necessarily get all the money all at once. And if you do, I mean, there, there's some stipulations. Um, and it's, it's understandable because if it were a loan, you'd be paying back on a regular basis. Right. With a grant, they're like, here's your money. But yeah, <laughs> it comes with contingencies. Yeah. We need you to tell us this. We need you to show us this, blah, 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 blah. So apply for them, find them, do your thing, but read all the fine print, all mm-hmm. the words, just so you understand what it is you'll need to do because you don't want to miss reporting deadlines and then have them say, that's great. You're not getting the, getting the other half or that's <laughs> great. Now you owe us back there. There are some intricacies, but they're not insurmountable. I mean, by any means, you just need to know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know anything about writing grants, you can either hire someone who does, have a friend help you who has written grants. And there's also tons of information and many resources available online for grant oh, writing. Yeah. Everything from templates to articles to you know, examples of other loans, I mean, of other grants that have been awarded and Mm -hmm. what they were awarded for. So you shouldn't have any trouble finding how to write a grant. If you do, let me know and I'll, and I'll help you find it. But if it's there, I encourage you to apply because grants are, they're free money. Mm -hmm. And there's some reporting, obviously there's some 
uh, fine print and some detailed work that needs to be done in order to secure those and keep those. But it's free money, basically, uh, unlike a loan. You may as well try. Yeah. You know how they say, if you don't ask, the answer is no. Same goes with grants. Mm -hmm. Same goes with everything in life. But we're talking about grants right now. Yeah. Ask, ask, ask. Another uh, grant option that I forgot to mention, and and I'm sorry to say this is Indiana specific again, but the Indiana Humanities Council in Indianapolis are always awarding grants. Now, typically it has to be humanities related. So it has to be, you know, um, something that you do for the community that that is humanities related. And they can, you know, be small grants. It can be $1,000. It can be $5,000. But apply. Find out what you need to do and apply because that money's there and it's free. And why not apply for it? Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can add to your website. It's something that you can add to social media. I am a such and such grant winner for Mm -hmm. 2024 because of this particular program that I submitted. And you can share that with people. People Mm -hmm. realize that you're resourceful and you know how Mm -hmm. to find different ways of funding your business. Yeah. Because when you can remove some of the money woes or some, some of the money worries, what does that do for you? That gives you the ability to focus on other areas, Mm -hmm. Um, which will then bring money in. Right. But it it gives you some options. It does. It does. Uh, I was able to secure a loan through sba.gov about two years ago. Uh, The initials are EIDL. And unfortunately, I can't remember what it stands for. It's basically for business owners who suffered, you know, some sort of economic impact as the result of the pandemic, which is, you know, really many businesses, a lot Pretty of much businesses. All business owners. <laughs> so I applied and, you know, I wasn't really sure what would come of it. And I was qualified for $60,000 and got that. And it was a godsend, not only because I didn't have tons of revenue coming in at the time because of the pandemic, But because I could then plan for the future, I could hire an SEO team, I could hire a business coach, you know, I could do some of the things that I couldn't previously do because I had, you know, some of this working capital. That is so important when you're trying to run your own business, especially if you can find an SBA loan that's very low interest rate and and the EIDL loan was, and it's, it's, payable over like a 30 year period. And it doesn't even, I don't even have to start paying it off until this October. And I got it two years ago. So it was a very, very generous loan. Um, And there are other loans just like that out there that you can apply for. So know though, that like a grant, you have to be very specific about your revenue And in the case of the post-pandemic loan, you know, what revenue I lost during that time, what revenue I was expecting to get and did not get as a result of the pandemic. Um, There, So there's specific information that needs to go 
with loans as well. And you need to also read the fine print on loans, not just for the interest rate, but to see what that a loan, but to see what that loan applies to. So make sure you read, you know, is it for uh, operating costs? Is it for capital? Is it for marketing? Can you use it for pretty much whatever you want for your business? Make sure you're reading the fine print as well as the interest rates. I mean, that's that's something that we know as not even just business owners, but as adults, you know, you have to read it all. But even if you've done a grant in the past or a loan, a business loan in the past, they're all different. And it you might even be applying for the same one. A little bit of planning, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of organization will save you a whole lot of headaches. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. I have found that nerdwallet.com and lendingtree.com both have really solid resources for business owners, for small business owners, whether it's looking for the type of loans that are available, whether it's looking for interest rates, whatever it is, there's so much good information out there. And of course, remember, I'll include the show links to nerdwallet and lendingtree for those particular articles. But I have found that both websites provide a slew of information for business owners. So make sure you check everything out. You never know what you might be missing, what you might be eligible for. So with that- they say no, you're no worse off than you are right now. Right, right. Like, okay, so you keep going the way you've been going. But if they say yes- then some things change. Yes. Some lovely things change and it's great. Uh, I don't know about the other grants and loans, but for the EIDL loan that I got through the SBA, all of the money came at one time. It was fantastic. I applied. They gave me a monetary amount. Hey, this is what we're going to give you. Do you accept it? Yes. Great sign it. Everything goes through. Next thing I know, 60 grand is in my bank account. The business loan type and the average interest rates that you can expect for that loan type. So for SBA 7A loans, the the interest rates are for a variable loan, 11.5 to 15%. And for a fixed loan, 13.5 to 16.5%. Little steep, but still worth your while, still much, 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 much lower than like a credit card. Yes. I was going to (laughs) say still much lower than a credit card or a department store credit card where my God, you can pay up to 30% in interest rates or worse if you miss a payment. Yeah. No kidding. You, you get to pay the, um, late payment fee and you get dinged, uh, as well. So It's, it's fun all around. So for traditional bank loans, you're going to pay probably between seven and 9%. So that's if you, you know, call your bank, forum, chase, whoever it is, and get a traditional bank loan, you're looking at seven to 9%. For business lines of credit, it can be, that's a wide range. That can be anywhere from 3% to 40%. So there you want to really read 
the fine print. Uh, yeah, that's a wide range. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a wide range, isn't it? Three to 40. That's, that's, that's quite a bit. So make sure that you know what you're getting into if you do business lines of credits. Not that I'm talking against a business line of credit at no. all. Just make sure you do, do, do your due diligence and read the fine print. Mm -hmm. Online loans, kind of the same thing. They can be anywhere between 3.49% and 60.9%. So again, why a wide range, make sure you read the fine print, know exactly what you're getting into, know exactly what the terms are. So Family. educate yourself, you know, part <laughs> of part of what we do here is giving you the resources, but also educating you and make sure you know, you know, I want to say what you're getting into, which casts sort of a shadow on on all of the grants and loans. But you know, with everything, with every contract that you're going to sign, it's, it's a really good idea to read the fine print. Make sure you read everything over. Yeah. No matter how often the person who's sitting across from you is like, why aren't you just signing? Like, because I have to pay this money back. Yes. Not you. You do not. So yeah, when we buy this house or we do this loan or whatever, I'm going to read all the things. People don't like it, but I do read all the things. And you know, there might be people um, who are sitting across the desk from you wondering, you know, why you're not just signing, kind of goading you into signing. I haven't necessarily had that for a bank loan, but I've certainly had it in a car dealership when someone's yeah. really, really, really pushing for me to buy a car. Yeah, I have too. And then I got up and walked out and they were very upset and they never saw me again. I was like, oh yeah, we don't do business this way. If you're not going to give me the 15 minutes I want to read through all of this and mm -hmm. make sure I understand what I'm getting myself into, then I'm pretty sure you're up to something. Yeah. And yeah. I don't work that way. When I bought my second car uh, right after I got married, I knew exactly what I wanted to pay for it. I know I knew exactly what I wanted my monthly payment to be. And I knew what the interest rates were up front. I had a female car salesperson. She was fantastic. She walked us through everything. And we decided at the end of the night that we would think about it. And we'd probably come back the next night to sign. So she says to us, I'm sorry, I have to do this. But the, the sales manager or whoever it is, is going to come out and talk to you guys and, you know, basically try and push you into buying this car tonight. And he came out with his paperwork and all of his materials and started in and I interrupted him and I said you know we've been doing a great job here working with Deborah. I trust that she has given us the right information we trust her we like her and basically we we're not interested in in buying tonight so you know you can go away and he was shocked he was very surprised mm -hmm. that I actually sent him away and didn't need him so mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you hold information back that she's not allowed to tell me? Right. And if so, why? Right. That's the question. Why is that your sales process? Why is that the plan? If she <sighs> doesn't know how to do this, then that, that seems like a failing on your part. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we did yeah. go back the next night and bought the car, but we bought it through her and I still had to sign all the contracts and everything with him. And he's sort of gave me crap about it the next night sort of teased me about it and I was like nah, whatever you're like 
no, no, no. I said, we're not buying it tonight. I stuck to my word. I was pretty sure we were going to buy it or we weren't going to buy it last night. I'm pretty yeah. sure we were going to buy it tonight, but it was going to be on my terms, not yours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Boundaries. And See boundaries. <laughs> it all comes, all back, comes to back, boundaries. back to boundaries. <laughs> yes. If you are not interested in doing grants or loans, there are additional resources that you can try. So you can do crowdfunding, which I know some people feel a little weird about that. Hey, help me fund my business and help me, you know, get a new photocopier, whatever it is that you want. Some people are a little, a little weird about that, but if you can find something that people really get behind, specifically if it's something for underserved populations or it's something with the community, you're much more likely to get funding from a crowd. But that is an option. You can try that. There are micro now, It does count as income when it comes in. So just know that. <laughs> Again, fine print. I was not aware of that. It counts as income. Yeah. When people do like a GoFundMe or something yeah. like that, because they're trying to pay for, for, um, for a surgery or whatever, which again, yeah. um, <laughs> they, it comes in as income and there's a certain portion of that that is like, a, like last I heard it was like seven or 9% that goes to the company for the platform and everything, but it does count as income. So just make sure that you understand how it works before you do something like that. I'm not saying you can't. I just want you to read it and really That's understand what it means. I didn't know that. Yeah. There are micro loans from the SBA. I know I mentioned the SBA earlier, but some of you might be thinking, okay, well, if I go through the SBA, am I going to apply for a $60,000 loan, $100,000 loan, whatever it is? You can apply for micro loans. I think as little as a thousand dollars. Say you just need something small. You don't need a hundred grand for, you know, um, capital or for marketing or whatever. You just need a little bit of a, a little bit of a lift. There are micro loans that you can get from the SBA. And last but not least, there are small business credit cards, which help significantly when you have to buy something off the internet or you have to buy something large, you have the means of a business credit card to put it on. And that helps significantly. I do not have a small business credit card, but I do have a debit card with my um, bank account that I use a lot. I'm a, a big proponent of small business credit cards to allow you to, you know, do what you need to do. Now, am I a proponent of getting tons of business credit cards? No, that's, that's reckless. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea at all. But if it's one, maybe two, to help you get through this time, and you can pay it back, you know, at a later date. Do you have a, a business credit card? I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how does it help you? Um, I just, it helps me manage cash flow. Yeah. And it makes it really easy to do taxes because if I put everything on that, yep. if all the money goes out that way and comes in in my um, invoicing software, I don't have to chase anything down. That's nice. It's really easy to say, okay, this is what I spent on this. And a lot of times they break them down by categories. Uh, it's It's really pretty easy. All right. Nice. Nice. But as with any credit card, be careful. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As with any of these funding options, be careful. I mean, you know, you don't have to be scared of them. Just just know what you're getting into and, and make sure you read all of the terms and all of the fine print. Because there are some things that do cost some money up front, but they can really give you a lot of that long-term return. And then that way, if you had to do it on your own, maybe you, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, maybe you would do it well, maybe you wouldn't. So there are some options for things that you might want to hire out. And it's going to vary by business. Another, another option is investors. Now, mm. those you got to hunt down yourself. <laughs> I didn't even uh, think <laughs> about investors. Check me yeah. out. I just went with loans and grants. I didn't, oh, well, yeah, those are investors. things that are easy. I mean, quite frankly, those are just easier to find. Yeah. Um, but there, you can always, um, if you've got something that people are, are really interested in that they, they want to invest in, or just somebody who believes in you, who wants to invest in you, make sure that there's paperwork <laughs> because paperwork protects all the people. Yes. You know, great uncle Joey there may think you're amazing and wants to invest in your business and hands you over money, but it you got to You got to be able to track some of this. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no Do kidding. Do you owe it back? If so, how much and how often? If you don't, how is it classified? Mm-hmm. Will it have to be considered income? Is it a gift? Like, how does this work? Right. Um, what reporting do you owe great uncle Joey? Like all of that. Um, and it's not all necessarily your investor's choice. Some right. of it is required. Yeah. So there, there are options, lots of options. They all come with, and to be careful- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to know what you're getting into. Yes. 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 There are typically strings attached. You just have to kind of see, um, you know, how many strings and for mm-hmm. how long. Sure. Sure. So yeah, some, some have a lot more strings and a lot, well, not strings. They have a lot of hoops on the front end mm-hmm. and not so many strings on the back end. Yeah. Some are easier to obtain and then there are more strings after that. So um, it's all a balance and a, you know, a comfort, you know, obviously, you know, a grant is nice because now you're not in debt. Right. But, um, there's a certain amount of debt you can take on short-term, not long-term, you know, all that kind of thing. But the, the startup capital is a a thing. It's, It's a big deal. It is. Because a lot of, a lot, almost every business has startup costs. Every business has operating costs. And when you're starting, you've got to pay all of that all at once. Mm-hmm. Then go from there. Especially if you're trying to figure it out and there's things you need to learn and you're trying to learn things and you're trying to buy the, buy the information and buy the expertise. Once you get into it, you tend to settle in and understand how it works and you have put all the parts and pieces together. But to start up it it can cost a bit yeah it absolutely can I did not have a lot of startup capital so when I got the loan two years ago it was a huge boost and Mm -hmm. very helpful so um as I mentioned you know it allowed me to to hire some people who I needed to hire to get my business moving forward or make it more successful so and on that note I think uh I pretty much said all I need to say about money, 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 moolah, funding. I think I'll call this the money show. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I like it. 
All right. So hopefully you have gained some perspective and some really solid resources that will take you forward and help you with your business. If you know of a grant or a loan or angel investor <laughs> that you want to share with us, we'd love to know. Um, because, you know, we can always use more resources. We can always share more resources with our listeners. So let us know if you have any that you want to share. We're at soulpowerpodcast at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-E power podcast at gmail.com. This has been the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Soul Power Podcast with Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burke. Soul Power theme song composed by Gabriel Harley.